life can bring us storms. Those moments where we wander, wonder, doubt. The journey doesn't stop, but the progress does. It can be lonely, painful. Sometimes we try to stare it down, as if we could somehow will it to go away. Or we think we can go toe-to-toe and come out the other side, unscathed. We often forget just how small we are. The truth is, storms are inevitable. But when they appear, we have a protector. A savior who knows a thing or two about calming storms. A God who is a stronghold in times of trouble. In our weakness, He is strong. In our fear, He is courage. In our desperation, He is peace. Yes, storms are inevitable. But our God is invincible. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? Storms are inevitable, but our God is invincible. Storms in life. Have you ever experienced a storm in your life? If you have not, that means you're not alive. Because the storms are part of life. That's that's just it. Some storms make it difficult for you to travel in life. Some are not too hard, but it can still be uncomfortable when you experience them. Reality is the storms, big or small, are part of life, or storms are inevitable. And that's something we got to keep in our hearts and in our minds. So how, how does God want you to navigate the storms in your life? If they're inevitable, how, how does God want you to navigate through it? You have two options. As you navigate, you can trust God. As you're going through the storm, you can trust God. Or you can experience fear. And we talk a lot about fear in the beginning of of our series on faith, which today is the last day that we're going to be talking about. uh, Today we're going to be finishing that series, fear or faith. Fear will not let you move forward. When you're experiencing the storm. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will destroy you. We can either choose to have faith or to fear. Fear is the reason you won't live a fulfilled life many times. Fear will hold you prisoner in your own boat. Fear will tell you that you are not good enough and that you're never ready. That's why people are always thinking, you know, I'll do that when I'm ready. And you will never be ready. You just got to do it and you got to have faith. You got to trust in God when you know that what you're doing is God's will in your life. To go across the other side, you got to have faith. Fear will tell you the storm is too big. Faith will tell you God will take you through the storm. So two options. We either fear... Oh, we're going to have faith through the storms. We're going to have trust. We're going to trust God. Today we are in our last Sunday in this series of Faith Forward. And it's been a blessing just to, to understand how faith and fear really works in our lives. The lesson in this storm that we are going to talk about today is the lesson that we find in Matthew chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 8. Verse 23 through 27. If you don't have your Bibles and you want a Bible, let us know. And if you don't have your Bible and you don't ask for a Bible, you still get the verses over here on the, on the monitors anyways. 
But in the storm that we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to talk about the one where Matthew records in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27, after Jesus was healing and was going through a lot of the places near Capernaum, and, and He was preaching, He was healing, He was uh, really tired when He finally got the disciples into a boat and went through it, uh, and went through the storm on the boat together with them. So Matthew records this like this. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake. So that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and walked him, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Fear or faith? Then he got up and rebuked the, wind, the winds and the waves, and he was com- and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, "What kind of a man is is, is this?" Even the winds and the waves obey Him. Notice one thing at the end. These guys have been following Jesus for quite some time. They still didn't understand. They still didn't know Jesus. So a lot of times, when we're going through storms in our own lives, have you ever asked yourself, why is it that I am afraid? Why do I get so nervous when I'm having or facing a problem? Why is it that I experience this fear in my heart? Could it be that I really know Jesus? Could it be that I really intimately know Jesus, who Jesus is, and what Jesus can has, has, has done and will do in my life? Could it be a possibility? Well, we'll look a little more into that today. But, but in this passage, it's one of the most amazing lessons of faith that, that we can learn from. And the context of this passage, what amazes me even more, is what had happened in the previous verses before verse 23. In the previous verses uh, uh, to Matthew 8.23, uh, Jesus had been, uh, you know, had been showing them His miraculous power. He had been healing the sick. He had been, uh, you know, he, he, he was helping those demon-possessed to be free. Jesus was making, was doing so many amazing things. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, previously to this storm, so Jesus didn't put them in the storm without first giving them some security about who He really was. He showed them who He was. He showed them what He was able and capable to do. But they still didn't believe in Him. They still choose fear over faith. In Matthew chapter 8, for example, verse 2, He healed the, le- the, the guy who had leprosy. And he, he, there, there was a guy who was condemned to death. Leprosy, you know what that is. You know what that is. You know what that was back in those days. A person with leprosy, it was a person destined to die. There was no doubt about that. Jesus healed the guy with leprosy. Leprosy and in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 13, then there's uh, this centurion comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I need you to heal my servant. And Jesus says, I'll come over to your house in a minute. And the, the, the guy said, you, you don't even need to come to my house. These guys wasn't, wasn't even a part of the people of God, the people of Israel. He was a Roman. And as a Roman, he had a lot more faith than some of these other people who were supposed to have faith and trust in Jesus, who had seen His miracles after miracles. In spite of that, Jesus said about this guy, I have not found anybody with the kind of faith this guy has. He said, Lord, you don't, need to, you don't even need to come over. Just say the words, and my servant will be healed. Then after that, Jesus goes, moves on to uh, verse 14, and He goes to Peter's house. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. 
And after he heals her, he, you know, she was serving him and all that. But in verse 16 of chapter 8, it says that when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove them out, the spirits, with the word, and healed all the sick. So he was healing people left and right. He was, basically, he was freeing people from being demon-possessed. So the disciples were watching, this, uh, were watching this miraculous power of Jesus in action. After they had witnessed all this power, all these miracles, it was time for Jesus to test them. So basically, they gone, they seen all this, they witnessed all this. So now Jesus is like, okay, so you guys should be ready for the test now. You guys see my power? You guys see how I took care of all this? So you guys know what I'm capable of. And when I, when I think about that, I, it, you know, I cannot help to think, how many times have God done so many amazing things in our lives? How many times has He brought us out of trouble? How many times have we gone through storms? And it's not that we like the storms, but how many times have we gone through storms? And not because of us. We didn't get through it because of us, but we got through it because God was with us. How many times have we experienced a problem in our lives that we thought it was hard to fix, it was impossible to deal with? How many times has God been there for you? And then the next problem comes before us. And when the next problem comes before us, we're afraid of the storm. Jesus had shown these guys, before He got them into the boat, He was showing them His power. He was showing them that He was in control. That it doesn't matter what the kind of storm that it was going to be, He was in control. So he prepares this specific moment with a specific test for the disciples to see if they had learned the lesson of faith. Because they have seen his power. And what's interesting is, then he gets them into the boat. And for this lesson, he does four things. Number one, Jesus sets up the timing of the storm. See, the timing of the storm... Whenever, there are two reasons why you're going to go through storms in life. One of the storms, one of the reasons is you're going to go through storms in life because in your life, God knows what you need to learn the next lesson. So God knows if you need a storm in your life to learn that lesson. God will allow a storm in your life so you can go through it. And as you go through it, you're going to learn something. There is a different storm in your life. You might experience a storm in your life because you choose to make the wrong decision. When you make the wrong decision, it's a storm you bring over yourself. You, you bring it over to yourself. You, you just do that to yourself. And a lot of times it's called consequence. It's the consequence of bad decisions. Then we experience the storms. We experience trouble. We experience difficulties because a lot of times we make the wrong decision. But in this case, in the case of the disciples in our text this morning, this is a storm Jesus brought to the disciples. And He brought it in His own time. So it's not up to us when we tell God, God, I'm ready for the storm now. No, whether you're ready or not, here I come. God will bring a storm in your life when He knows is the right time. For you to go through the storm. And if, as we see in verse 18, when Jesus saw, in the same chapter, verse 18, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. And in verse 23, it says that then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Well, what do you think? You think Jesus didn't know there was a storm coming? Oh, Jesus knew there was a storm coming. As a matter of fact, he's leading the way so the disciples will follow him on purpose. The storms don't take him by surprise. He might take us by surprise. But the storms in life don't take God by surprise. So he gives the order to go across the other side. Jesus gets in the boat and they follow him. God knew 
that they needed to learn something. So according to the need, He was going to give them a storm. Anytime God gives you a storm in your life, He knows what you need in your life. He knows. He knows how strong, how heavy the storm needs to be for you to learn the lesson God wants you to learn. God creates the storm. It's His timing. God, put you, God puts you a lot of times in the storm so you can learn to depend on Him. And today we're going to learn something. that I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the things we're going to learn is how long is God going to keep you in the storm? How long is God going to keep you in the storm? It depends a lot on how long it takes you to learn as you're going through the storm. This was the right time. The right time for the right lesson. They had just experienced so many miracles and this was the right time. Now, now again, I'm, 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 asking my, I'm asking this question. Did Jesus know what was going to happen? Did He have the power to stop the storm before it even begins? Of course He did, right? Why didn't He? Because He purposely wanted them to go through the storm. And so many times we ask ourselves, so God, well, Jesus, why don't you stop the storm before it comes to my life? I don't want to. I don't want to experience this storm. Well, because He knows what you need. So the answer is yes, He knew that. So why didn't He stop it so they can learn? He didn't stop the storm to prepare, the sto- to prepare them through the storm for what was to come, for what they were supposed to experience in life in the future. The storm was going to prepare them for that future that they were going to face. In the future, they were going to, go, they were going to experience tribulation. Didn't all the disciples, didn't all the apostles go through that? So the storm was going to begin to prepare them to make their faith stronger. Because in the future, they were going to go through tribulation, through persecution. Some of them were going to be martyred. Some of them were going to be beheaded, crucified. They were going to experience tough times. And if they couldn't even go through a storm, how can they experience, how can they be prepared for what was to come? So Jesus was not going to stop the storm. He was going to let the storm happen to prepare them. Now, the storm uh, got created with that purpose. But in the case of Jesus, he He set it all up. The storm doesn't take God by surprise. It was at the right time. It was right after they witnessed Jesus do all these miracles. There's a second thing I want you to notice in here. He doesn't just set up, sets up the time, but He sets the place. The time and the place when you go through a storm is the time and the place God chooses, not what you choose. Why? Because God knows exactly what you need to learn. I will, I will not get tired of saying that same thing over and over and over. Because hopefully we will learn that. Where was the storm going to take place? This storm was going to take place in the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is more like a, a, it's, it's a lake. It's not, not, even, it's not a whole a, a big sea. It's a lake. It's a lake. And it's so small. That you would never think a storm can happen in this place. So, I mean, how big can the waves get in a lake? How big can they really get in the lake? Can, 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 can a storm happen in a lake, small like the, 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 the Sea of Galilee? Can, can, a, can a big storm happen there? The, the kind of storm that they experienced was so big that it was a human possible it was not humanly possible to understand that that kind of storm was going to happen there in other words the storm was so huge it was so different than in any other type of storm i want you to see a picture of the sea of galilee in this picture that i'm going to show you right now i want you to see that the sea of galilee is surrounded by mountains so the sea of galilee is like in a bowl it's like in a bowl the Sea of Galilee, it's not just like, uh, you know, surrounded by all these mountains, which it looks like a, a big bowl. 
But it's called, it's actually a lake, and it's 686 feet below sea level. This is the lowest fresh water in the world. This is the lowest. So it's 686 feet below sea level, and it's approximately 50, uh, 33 miles around in circumference. Um, and 13, it's from north to south, it's 13 miles. And from side to side, east to west, it's eight, eight miles wide. So 13 by 8. When Jesus puts them in a boat, and He makes this happen, this storm happen, I'm going to tell you, I tell you something. It was like moving a bowl, and, and you put a little boat there, like, like, just, just, just go home and play a little bit with a little boat and put it in a big bowl, and you, you'll see what I mean by that. Can you imagine? That was happening at that moment. And it's such a small place that you wouldn't even think. That's, uh, let me show you one more thing. So this is the Sea of Galilee from above. And, and they were in Capernaum. They were up there. And he was going to go across. You would think Jesus was just going to take him across, uh, like going across the street, right? No, you'll see in a minute exactly where he took them. As the waves were hitting the shore... They were going back and exploding on this boat. So the place was the specific place Jesus chose to give them the test. To bring the storm into their lives. And so the, the waves were exploding back and forward. They were colliding against, again and again and again, again, uh, you know, the boat. This was a God-ordained storm. It was the perfect place to do the storm. Jesus was testing them. Notice that Jesus chose the time and the place of the testing of their faith. So one thing I need you to, I, I, I want us to understand is that God will choose the time, the place, and the way He is going to test you because God knows the time, the place that you need to be tested through so you can learn the lessons that God wants you to learn. It's interesting that they follow Him, right? Were they doing His will? They were obeying His will. They were listening to Him. And a lot of times people think like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm walking according to God's will. I'm being obedient. Why am I going through this? It doesn't matter if you're obeying. Sometimes if God knows that you need to learn a lesson, God will take you through it. God will put you in the storm. So you can learn what He wants you to learn. So the lesson begins. Number three. The lesson begins in, in, in verse 24. Verse 24 it says that suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So imagine in that bowl. The furious storm. Have you ever seen a tsunami rise in a lake? It's, it's illogical, right? Well, let me, let me show you what the actual Greek word, the actual Greek word in this verse is. This was no ordinary storm. As they get on the boat, he falls asleep. And he says, the suddenly a furious storm came up. Now, I want you to see that the word that he uses here for storm in verse 24 is the word seismos. Have you ever heard that word before here in California? Seismos? What is that? Earthquake? What happens when an earthquake happens in the middle of the ocean? It's a tsunami coming, right? Well, guess what? That is the word that is used there in the Greek. This is how strong the storm was. I just want us, I just want us to understand how strong, strong this storm was. So it was a storm, it was an earthquake, almost like a tsunami. It was a big, it was a big hurricane. But the next word he uses to talk about it was a, a furious storm is the word megas. So it was a seismos megas. So it was a huge, amazing, it was a mega storm in a small lake of 13 by 8. How do you, how do you make that? How do you make sense of that? Unless it's God. Creating that storm for your life. A lot of times it's just 
God wants to see if we're more afraid than having faith or if we are going to choose to have faith over fear. This was a fierce gale kind of wind, a hurricane, a God-ordained storm. There was a faith lesson through the storm that God wanted them to learn. The waves, the waves swept over the boat, it says. Can you imagine this kind of storm and Jesus was still sleeping? Humanly speaking, can you imagine somebody sleeping through this? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No, Jesus purposely did that. And I want you to see something. It was not just a mega hurricane in a small lake like never before, but check this out. Jesus knew what lesson they needed. I want you to see, this, to, to see the next map. Let's see the next map. This is the Sea of Galilee. They were in Capernaum. And they were going to go to Gadara. How do I know that? Because at the end of chapter 8, it says that Jesus arrived to the other side of the lake. And it says that He freed the demon possessed, in the gathering demon possessed. Um, what's interesting is, why did not Jesus go across side to side, which was a shorter trip, right? Why did Jesus choose to go the longer trip? Why did he choose to go the longer trip? How much did they really need to learn? How much did they really need to uh, learn from the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach them? And I want to show you the next map. Uh, this one right here, the next one, let's go to the next one. This one I just put it sideways because a lot of times it's hard because uh, of the screen. But that's, that was Capernaum, and, and these are the ancient harbors. The Capernaum Harbor was up there, and the Gadara was here. And that, they were going to go the longest way. Uh, you know, when I, was, when I was looking into these maps, I couldn't help but to laugh. Because God has a sense of humor. It's not about how long we want to go through the storm. It's how long He wants to take us through the storm. Why? Why does He take us through the a lot of times, why do, do we have to take longer? A lot of times it's because we don't learn. And, and other times, we run away from the storm. We run away from the storm. How do you respond to storms? So, I, I was reading a little bit about this. Uh, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this off. I thought it was going to be okay, but this is cooking me. You're going to have a tacos al pastor. Thing is hot. Going talking about the storm, right? Storm of heat. So, I learned something about running from the storm. You know what the difference is between a cow and um, boy? I forgot. Also, during the first service, I forgot the name of a cow and um, and a buffalo. Thank you. Somebody was, somebody was there at the service in Spanish. That, that um, you know what the difference between a cow and a buffalo is during the storms? During the storms, cows, they sense. Buffaloes and cows, they sense the storm is coming. During the storm, cows run away from the storm. So... What they don't realize is if the storm is coming from the west to the east, uh, it's coming from the east to the west or the west, either way, whatever the storm is coming from, cows tend to run away from the storm, trying to look for cover, right? Trying to protect themselves. But what they don't realize is that as the storm, eventually the storm will catch up with them. And as it catches up with them, the cow is running along with the storm. And stays in the storm longer. And the longer they try to run away, the longer the storm stays with the cows. So it takes them way longer. It's, it's, it's hard for them. And it seems like, man, we're never getting out of this storm. So how do buffaloes do it? You know, you know the psalm says that we should be strong as the buffaloes, right? 
So it's interesting because the buffaloes, the way they do it is that they see a storm and they say, oh yeah, you're coming? Face me. And buffaloes go to the storm. Let me tell you something. We are going to go through the storm or in the storm whether we like it or not. A lot of times it's better to face the storm and get it over with. So buffaloes, what they do is they see the storm coming and they say, I'm going to get to the storm. I'm going to go through it. So as they go through the storm, the storm is coming. They go through the storm. All of a sudden, the storm keeps on going. The storm is going that way. Now, they're in the other side of the storm and everything is bright and sunny. But if you go along with the storm and you try to keep on running away, you're going to stay in the storm longer. A lot of times we just need to realize, what does God wants me to learn through the storm? The longer it takes me to learn, the longer I'm going to be in the storm. Because God has a purpose as you go through the storms. How did they respond to the test? How did they respond to the test? The disciples' reaction to the storm. Look at the, look at the reaction. Verse 25. The disciples went and woke him. These guys were fishermen. They were experienced fishermen. This you had no problem and say, hey, you know what? It's just another storm. No big deal. We can ride it. We can ride the storm. No. These guys were like, no, this is a mega storm. This is something we have never seen before. Now, when you're going through your storm, through your own storms in life, Sometimes, don't you feel like nobody else goes through the stuff you go through? Man, it's because you don't understand. No, no. Believe me, we understand. We all, my storm is the worst storm for me. It might not be for you. But when I'm going through it, it's the worst for me. So, no, no, there's no small storm. We all face it and we all struggle through it. So the disciples came over to Jesus and woke him up. And saying, Lord, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. We're going to die. And I want you to notice something on this. Because when it says, Lord, save us, the word that he uses there, the word that Matthew uses there is the word sosong. It's, it's an imperative verb. So basically, they were demanding of Jesus to save them. It's imperative. It's an active imperative. Rescue us, Lord. It's like, it's your responsibility. You got us into this storm. It's your responsibility to rescue us. But they were fearful. They were so terrified. For experienced fishermen, they were genuinely terrified uh, from this storm. So they were like, save us. It's your responsibility. It's your job to save us. They were demanding of Jesus. It wasn't enough that He was with them on the boat. If He was on the boat with them, and they have seen the power, shouldn't they have trusted? So Jesus' response to the disciples was this. Verse 26, He replied, You of little faith. So, so there is little faith, there is medium faith. There is big faith. I don't know if you knew that. But that depends on how you grow. That depends on your own growth. How much do you trust? How much do you have, how much do you have confidence in God? He goes, you are little faith. Because of your lack of faith, you are afraid. Why are you so afraid? So this is it's important for you to notice that the reason a lot of times we are afraid is because our faith is not as strong as it should be. That's the problem. That we have not grown in faith. If we grow in faith, the more you grow in faith, the more you're going to find yourself saying, yeah, well, we have a problem. Here is what I can do. I will do everything in my power to do after I do everything I can, it's up to God. I'm trusting God for the results. 
when you grow in faith, you begin leaving all those things in God's hands. Little faith, oligopistas, little in number, little faith in quantity and quality. You know that the same word he uses here for little faith, it only occurs five times in the New Testament. Only five times, the same word, only occurs five times in the New Testament. And each one of those times is Jesus rebuking the problem of failing to hear His voice. Five times. And each time is Jesus rebuking people from failing to hear His voice. In other words, the reason we fear more than what we have faith is because we listen to our fears more than what we listen to Jesus' voice in our lives. And so we get so afraid because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know the result what's going to be. Little faith describes somewhat, someone dull, dull, someone dull to hearing the Lord's voice and disinterested in walking intimately with the Lord. In contrast, the, the, our goal should be to receive and obey the Lord's gifts of faith. His gift of faith should be the one we should desire to receive. It's interesting the way Jesus responds. You of little faith, trust too little. Did you saw my power? Did you saw my miraculous power? Did you saw how I took care of you, how I took care of many other people, and you still trust me so Little. Why are you afraid? And, 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 and this word that he uses here to be, afraid, the word afraid, it's a word that refers to excessive fear. Excessive fear. A lot of times when I talk to people when they're going through adversities or struggles in life, they go, like, no, 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 I have faith, pastor. I have faith. But, so if you have faith, why if you have faith, why do you put that doubt there? Because every time you say, well, I have faith, but... Now you're putting a doubt in between. So if you have faith, it, 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 do you really have faith or you have excessive fear? They were exposed to Jesus, to the miraculous power. They were exposed to the, to the storm. And they were exposed to the miraculous power of Jesus. Now it was time for them to decide. So here's something that, that's, that's also important to remember. You have been exposed to Jesus' power. And you have been exposed also to the storms in life. You decide. Well, no, God, please help me do this. No, God is going to give you the strength. God is going to give you the wisdom. You have to make the decision. A, a lot of times we just want miraculously for Jesus to bring us out of the storm. No, He's not going to do that. He's going to take you through the storm so you can learn the lessons. The question is, are you going to fear or are you going to trust as you go through the storm? There are moments in life where you've got to make decisions. How do you want to live your life? In fear or in faith? Your answer to this question will depend on how you really, who you really are. It will depend on who you really are. How's your relationship with God? How we respond in the middle of the storm depends from what our relationship is with God. If your relationship is strong, you will respond the right way. One of the other things that I can that I notice in this in this passage is that they didn't understand who Jesus was. I mean, were they believers? Were they believers? Yeah, but did they really knew Jesus? Check this out. They, what kind of men? Uh, let's let's move forward on the slides. They didn't really understand. The men were amazed. And ask, what kind of man is this? So they were believers. They were following Jesus. But they still didn't understand who he was. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Didn't they see him healing the sick? 
Didn't they see all the power He was showing them by, by, by helping those the demon-possessed people? Freeing them from that spiritual slavery? And they were still questioning, Who is this man? He had told them many times He was the Son of God. God Himself. Born, uh, born of a virgin. This was a lesson of faith for the disciples. Now, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? Don't we have our own storms? He will set up the storms for our own lives. He will set up the places. How do you feel when you're in a storm? How do you feel when you're in the storm, in your own storm? How do you feel it? How do you sense it? How, what do you experience? Do you experience peace? Because even David says that when he was close to God, when he was walking close to God and trusting in God, he said he was able to sleep all night. But when he was not trusting God, when he was having a hard time, when David was having a hard time, there's a lot of Psalms that are written Where David said, I couldn't even sleep. I cry all night. There was fear in David's heart. Just because he was a man after God's own heart, doesn't mean he was perfect, right? And so he experienced a lot of fears. So a lot of times he couldn't even sleep at night. So how, how, do, you, how do you do through the storm in your life? When you realize there's nothing more you can do, how do you respond? Having faith is trusting God for the outcome in the storm. You cannot control the weather, but He can. And again, the disciples were believers, but had not understood, they didn't understand who Jesus really was. And a lot of times, I see myself talking to believers, and a lot of times I can see that people, they might have given their lives to Christ, but they have not grown to the point of understanding exactly who Jesus is. And that's why we live in life as believers, and a lot of times, those believers, they live life, but fearful of everything. Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? So, that's, not, that's not a way of living life. When you're always afraid of everything. That's, that's, that's not a healthy way. That's not a healthy, a spiritual healthy way of living life. Because the storms will happen. Even if you are in the will of God. They were in the will of God. Even when you are doing what God tells you to do, you might experience storms. There's still rain still coming. But God will take you through the storm. So here's a lesson of faith that Jesus was trying to teach the disciples. And the reason they were terrified, because they were trusting too little, it says in verse 27. So my question to you is, what kind of faith do you have? How, how, how small or how big is your faith? We began this year with this series on faith. Because I strongly believe that every time you start a new year, you, you, you really need you really need to strengthen your faith. You really need to strengthen your faith. Because you don't know what's coming. I, you know what? I haven't even watched news. I haven't even watched news. I haven't even watched news for maybe three months. But the other day my son comes and tells me about this balloon and this other stuff that's going on. I'm like... You know what, I, I, I'm just trusting God for whatever it's going on in the world right now. Can keep up with it. Can you keep up with it? No. There's just so many things going on that it's like, I got my own troubles. I got my own storm. All I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best to trust Jesus As I go through my own storms and learn the lessons Jesus wants me to learn. Whether it's at home, whether it's with my son, whether it's at work, whatever it is. I need to strengthen my relationship with God so I have a strong faith. So I can get through the storm and learn the lessons He wants me to learn. Because then I'll be a better Christian. 
And I'll be a better person too. But I need to learn. I need to ride the storm with Jesus in my boat. Now, now here's, here's a problem. If Jesus is not in your boat, you're in trouble. If, if with Jesus in the boat, we get afraid. <laughs> what is it like when Jesus is not in your boat? If you have never let Jesus in your life, you're in trouble. I'm just being honest with you. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? So I'm just going to finish with some thoughts. We need the storms in our lives. Without rain, nothing grows. So you need the storms in your life. Life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. You know, I remember when I, uh, I remember when I went to Magic Mountain with my son years ago. I don't even, no, I, I stay away from that place. And my son said, "Dad, I want to go to a, I want to go on this ride. Come with me." Have your kids ever told you that before? Man, you're in trouble. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll go with you just just to, just to make him feel good, just to please him, right? So I go into this. There's a, there's, there's a ride. As you go into Magic Mountain to the left, there's a huge ride that is called Extreme. So a lot of times when you're in the storms, you got to learn to let go and let God, Right? If you don't let go and let God, you're always going to be stressed. You're always going to be worried. You are going to experience a lot of depression because you cannot control the situations. So a lot of times you just got to let go and let God be God. So when I went into this ride with my son, I learned that lesson. Because as that thing is going up, it's going, tuck, 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 and I'm like, okay, this is not me anymore. I used to be young. I used to be brave. Not anymore. I'm like, uh-uh. So I'm like, okay, but I'm holding hard to that thing. As I get to the top, that thing, your, your legs are hanging in the air, okay? If you guys know extreme, don't ever get on it. So as I get on the top, that thing falls, drops like, whoo, so fast. So as that thing dropped, you know what I did? It was so strong. I just said, God, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I let go. I seriously let go. And say, you know what? How in the world? I, I was thinking I was going to be able to hold myself. If I get out of that thing, I'm flying out there. I'm, I'm gone. But that day, as, as we were driving back with my son, and I remember me just letting go and saying, just, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. And close my eyes, never look out. Never do that. So, as we were riding back, I was meditating and just thinking, isn't that the way we're supposed to let go when we're going through a hard time? And just let God be God. The more you learn to let God be God and control the situations in your life, the more peaceful life you are going to live. God wants you to enjoy the life He has given you. Let go. Stop, stop, stop trying to get a hold of everything, to hug everything yourself. Stop, getting, stop worrying so much. Stop fearing God, if you're a child of God, you belong to God. There's no need of that. Every storm, the storms don't last forever. As a matter of fact, every storm runs out of rain. Just like every dark night turns into day. I want you to listen to this one. Not, not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some of them 
come to clear your path. Did you know that? Sometimes God allows the storms in your life to get rid of things in your life. Oh, why not say it, right? Why not say it? Can God sometimes get rid of people in your life that are not helping you walk in the way you're supposed to walk with the Lord? A lot of times God allows the storms so you get away from people that are not being a blessing in your life, that are not helping you grow. Sometimes God allows that. And don't be afraid of the storm if Jesus is with you. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. There's so many times, Lord, when we are so afraid of what's coming in life. Lord, we, we ask for your forgiveness. Because there's been so many times that we have not trusted in you. There's been so many times that we have allowed fear to control us. And here we are, yelling, Lord, Lord, save us. And we can also choose to trust you as we go into the storms. Faith over fear. Lord, help us. Help us to grow in our faith. Or as Peter asked, pray that we that our faith will not fail. That we will grow in it. In your name we pray.